This is Transistor.fm. There always has to be one person drinking green tea. Yeah, and wearing slippers. Someone has to be the podcast dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The podcast dad. I like that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Well, I was just going to say that when you're developing a new product, there's always trade-offs. So everybody has a grand vision of what they want. And no matter how you're building it, whether you're building it in Rails or PHP or .NET, or it doesn't really matter. There's always trade-offs. You're never going to get 100% of your vision in version one. And so if, if WordPress, for example, gets you're able to get that, that MVP, that minimum viable product, and it's the bare bones of what you want to present to the customer, then you're you can actually you have something to show them and they can even use it you're you're actually probably on par with the other folks that might have built something in rails or might have built something in .net or might have built something in php and it's important to realize that no matter what you build in it there's always going to be some sort of trade off now there's some cases like um, where you might be building something that requires, you know, some serious engineering and some, you know, some really crazy stuff. But most, uh, especially like business-to-business apps, are just forms. It's like here's a form, yeah. we collect the data, and then we do something with it, and then we display it. So yeah, if you can get sure. there with uh, something like WordPress, you're actually you're in a lot of cases. I think you're going to be in the same place as someone who built MVP in something else. And the, the only difference is, is that if you built MVP in something else, it probably took you way more time and way more money. And that's where people don't want to rebuild things. They always say, no, we don't, don't ever rebuild what you've built. Like, just keep going with what you've got. But it, imagine if you spent a fraction of that and then you realized, you know what, we do want to rebuild this from scratch in maybe something more robust. Well, then now you can do it. You've, you've spent no money. Uh, on your product development so far, and yeah. you can, you could, if you wanted to, rebuild it. You know, spend a bunch of money and rebuild it the way that um, you know customers are showing you. You need to rebuild it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a perfect fit for like the lean approach, where the whole idea is to reduce waste as much as possible and experiment, uh, run validated learning experiments where you can figure out what ideas resonate with your customers and if you're trying to figure those things out through custom development a lot of effort goes into those cycles whereas with WordPress it could just be a matter of tweaking the plugin settings or installing a couple different plugins instead of the one you have and you know you can immediately roll on to the next kind of the next iteration of experiments okay so um, we were kind of just talking about how uh, WordPress is really useful for validating ideas, getting an MVP out the door and, and learning from it. And then, so let's say you built, you've built an MVP with WordPress and you've learned that you've got, a, you've got a solution that customers are willing to give you money for. Um, so what is the next step? Like when you set out and build this MVP with WordPress, is the intention to re- eventually replace WordPress with a custom app down the road, or do you kind of stick with WordPress as long as possible until you basically hit the limits of its capabilities? Um, I guess there's probably 
um, an argument for both approaches, but I don't know, Dalen, if you have like any thoughts on, on that, like when you go into building a product with WordPress, what's the kind of, what's the goal? Um, you know what? I think, um, I think not so much using WordPress, but using sort of the plugin kind of approach where you're, you're looking for existing solutions and you're, like in the form of a plugin and you're tying them in. So like gravity forms or whatever, whatever, or WooCommerce or whatever. Um, I think that will probably only get you so far, but what's, what I think is so great or one of the things that's so great about WordPress is it's really just, it's just PHP, right? Like it's not like it's some crazy obfuscated crazy thing, right? Like, I've I've built so many sites where I've got okay this chunk is WordPress and here's a plugin but you know what I need something that isn't isn't that I can't find like I need to do something that isn't supported by anything I can find and I'll just write I'll either write it into the theme like as part of like the functions.php or I'll create a custom plugin which is super right. simple to do right like it's so easy to create a plugin you just create a file Add some some metadata to the to the file and throw it in the plugins folder, and you've got a plugin, right? And you can start. Mm-hmm. Then you can do anything. Like it's just PHP, which I right. mean. So anything you can build. I mean, if you need to start building like custom database queries or this and that, and you're, um, and you don't even need to follow sort of the way WordPress does stuff because it's just PHP, right? Everything still works. So, and I've done a lot of that where a client client wants this and that because WordPress does it, and that's great, and they get a CMS. And they get um, all the benefits of, of sort of WordPress and the and the security and the user control system. But we need some custom stuff. We need to tie into this custom database, and we need to do this and that. Or there's an API that we need to use, or whatever. Um, then I can just I can just integrate it in, and it's seamless, right? Like you build a plugin, mm-hmm. it, it appears in the WordPress admin. It looks like it like it all fits. You can tie it in with the UI really easily, and they built they've made it really easy to do that. So. It looks like it's part of WordPress, but it's all just custom, right? So I don't know if so, you ever need to get away from it. If if you start that way, I mean, I'm sure there there are instances where where you'd need to, but I think you could probably just keep building on it, right? Yeah, it just sounds like you're sort of suggesting that um, once you kind of hit maybe the limits of like you said what your plugin does or whatever, you can WordPress is so extensible that you can pretty much use it as a web framework that you would like. You know, anyone else who's going to go out and build an app is probably going to use, like I mentioned earlier, Django or Rails or something like that. And at a certain point with all the low-level hooks and plug-in API and things, you can you could essentially think of WordPress as another framework. And the advantage is that you've already got, you know, your product basically built. You just need to extend a few pieces here and there, and you could potentially keep your product running off of WordPress long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even even looking at the front end of things, like the the whole template system or the theme system that they've got, um, themes makes it sound kind of hokey, like it's, but I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's like whatever, like on the front end, whatever you want to do, like HTML, um, CSS, JavaScript, any sort of crazy UI you can come up with, like you, it's just write it, like you just write it into the like you're writing regular HTML and CSS, right. right? So it's not like you're ever limited. Like I remember back when, I remember talking to different people where you talk about WordPress and they'd be like, oh, every WordPress site looks the same and I can always tell when it's a WordPress site. And that's, I mean, that's just not the case anymore. Like sure, it, 
a lot of blogs follow the same sort of format, and you can usually tell when it's like a like a vanilla out of the box WordPress blog that uses one of the like six or seven themes that everybody uses if they don't customize it. But I mean, I've built I've built sites where honestly, and even people who are WordPress developers wouldn't be able to tell that I'm using WordPress, like because there's just no way to tell, right? Huh. How how far do you think you could take that? Like if you're building an app on WordPress, because this is actually, um, it, there's not that many people doing it. Like there's there's a few examples I can think of. I'd like to hear some, if you have other examples of, of folks that are doing this, but how far do you, do you think you could take it? Is there any, like, are there security concerns? Are there growth concerns? Is there database concerns? Like what would be the things, what would be the downside to you know, building your app on WordPress and then trying to actually run it long term. Right. Um, you know what? I think it. I think that. I think whether you're using WordPress or like you, you come ac- you come across the same issues when you're scaling, right? Like, um, I think the minute that you've got a hundred thousand people all of a sudden looking at your app, you're going to have issues whether you're using static HTML files or I mean obviously something with WordPress whether it's making database calls and stuff is going to be more there's going to be more of that but I think you're going to have to deal with this sort of thing anyways and when uh, going back to the security thing like one of the things I find with WordPress I think the fact the fact that WordPress is so popular is both sort of a good thing and a bad thing for security mm-hmm. in that it's because it's because it's so popular it's a target but I think that's kind of what makes it strong because all the holes that can possibly be found in it are found right away and they're patched, right? Like instantly. Yeah. Where yeah. As long as you're keeping up to date, like if you're running a three-year-old install of WordPress, you're screwed. But if you're keeping up to date with, with the releases, it's like if they, they release something and there's a hole in it, like people find it and they exploit it and then they fix it. Whereas something like like other CMSs maybe that don't have like the market share that WordPress does. I mean, there could be like insane security gaps in these things that no one even knows about because they just, no one's trying to get in, right? Yeah, they never um, come up. Yeah, which I think opens you up to a whole other thing, right? Where, and I, I've always said this to clients when they bring this up, they say, well, what about security concerns? And and every time you get in a room with with the IT department of any sort of organization, this is you know, they, they spend two hours talking about this, and and really it comes down to I mean, it's going to be the same regardless of what platform you use. I mean, you write something in vanilla PHP or ASP.NET or Rails or whatever it is, you're going to have to deal with this. Like if you're scaling, scaling is scaling regardless of what platform you're using, right? Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to do all the same sorts of things, right? And you know the other thing I I was just thinking about is that increasingly, no matter what platform you're using, you're using off-the-shelf stuff. So you're using other people's gems or other people's plugins or other people's code. And the concern I always have is, you know, it, you're just, you know, getting this off some website and, you know, you might copy and paste some code or whatever. And yeah. and you've got, you know, you might have a bunch of developers working on something and it, you don't know if that's tested or if there's some sort of backdoor that's going to come back to bite you. But the one thing about the WordPress community is all of that's in the open. So, yeah, you know, if there's sure. a problem with a, a plugin, like you hear about it right away. And, um, and you, you know, it, it's almost like overnight, like 
what was the like tiny thumb? Is that right? Like there was some yeah, security sure. concerns yeah. with that. It was like overnight, everyone just yeah. switched over. Everything was updated. Uh, yeah. and as long as you were attentive, uh, you would hear about it and you could deal with it. But I worry about like stuff, you know, we might've pulled off the shelf, you know, a couple years ago and it's still running, but people don't realize it has a, you know, there's a security hole in it and we would yeah. never know. You know, and there's, what's there's interesting though, for that. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, what's kind of funny though is just in the, the situation you just described there is usually what ends up happening with your own custom rolled code where, you know, you can build something from scratch and just because, you know, not a lot of other people are using it and you kind of forget about it and the code is stale, there's still tons of, like there's possibly security problems there that you don't know about. So even if you're looking at like a, um, a, a WordPress plugin that maybe isn't, doesn't have wide adoption or maybe isn't as actively maintained as some other plugins, mm -hmm. um, it's probably, <laughs> you know, still better off than if you were to write your own piece yeah. of code to do that functionality and just let it kind of rot in the back of your app without getting touched at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Like there's not very many situations where you could be, you could like build a bunch of functionality and then there's thousands of developers around the world constantly updating it and just oh, letting sure. you know, oh, this is updated, you know, yeah. <laughs> fix that patch. Even, uh, even if you've ever, like if you guys have ever used any of the, like the really popular plugins like Gravity Forms or any of the WooCommerce stuff, like go on their support forums and there's literally thousands of posts of like, hey, I found this bug. Hey, this is causing me issues. Like all these crazy edge cases and they fix them all, right? I mean, not mm -hmm. all of them, but all the major ones, right? So it's like, it's almost like you're saying, okay, I'm going to go with this platform that I know is going to be solid. And if there are issues, they're going to be fixed. Like it's not like, and, and I mean, there's some rules of thumb. Like you don't, you don't install a plugin that hasn't been updated in six years, mm -hmm. right? Because that right. just doesn't make sense, right? But I mean, the the plugin repository, like the at WordPress.org, is pretty good about filter. Like if it's in there, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's been vetted by the people at Automatic, and it's um, and it's solid, right? And if if as long as it's kept up to date, because there's a lot of them on there that aren't. And actually, now they've got a thing where there's a warning that says. This plugin hasn't been updated in two years, so be careful, right? Um, so I think if you, as long as you're just paying attention to that stuff, you should be okay. I think where you get into trouble is where you build something for someone or you have someone build you something, and then you just let it out into the world and forget about it, right? Yeah. Like with WordPress, and that's mm -hmm. the one thing that I think needs to be solved is this like a way to keep and there's ways to do it, but I think out of the box there needs to be a way to like keep WordPress airtight and and up to date just without even having to think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of wind this down, what are some examples, some other examples of folks that are have built some sort of product or app on WordPress that you can think of? Well, you know what I did. I was doing some poking around like before we because um, before we started. And there's not many. I mean, there's a bunch of people using WordPress to run like a, like a SaaS kind of thing, like a software as service. Um, I can find lots of examples of that. Like you've got guys who are doing like WordPress, like the whole um, multi-site set up your own WordPress install thing, like uh, WP Engine, 
what's the other one? Page Pagely, I think. Uh, Pagely, page yeah, right. Yeah, page.ly, where, um, and really all they're doing is they're providing like just rock solid hosting, and you go in and you set up an account, you pay them a monthly fee, and they take care of making sure WordPress is airtight. And for a lot of people, that's a really valuable, right? Um, and then you've got things like, um, like really, I think the best way to make money off WordPress is sort of those sort, either a software as service sorts of thing, or or selling plugins and themes. Like that's kind of where where the money is, I think. Um, like if you come up with some crazy function out, like something like Gravity Forms or something, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure those guys are probably doing doing all right. Um, but you know what? As far as like people who are using it to build actual products out there, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of them, but I don't know how vocal they're being about the fact that they're using WordPress because there's not that much of it. That's there. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a few, and I can't remember the names off the top of my head now, but there's a couple, uh, two different companies that were providing websites for restaurants. And yeah, for sure. And they were doing, they were using WordPress multi-site. They, they had customized it heavily and they were also doing what was interesting. They were, they, uh, one of them wasn't using the WordPress uh, admin, like the WordPress backend at all. They were doing everything on the front end. And so you would do like, you would edit your website on the front end and, you know, modify all your settings on the front end. You'd never see, you know, the, the regular WordPress backend. Um, and, uh, I don't know how successful they were, but they, they were the first ones I'd heard of that were using WordPress as a application platform. I think uh, that's WordPress, or no, Restaurant Engine, I think is the one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, if you go to restaurantengine.com, I think, yeah, it's all that's all WordPress multi-site, and it's really, it looks really good. Like, they've, they've spent a bunch of time on the, on the experience and making it slick, and... I'm sure they're probably doing pretty well. But yeah, if you think about it, like offering that as a service to people, like, hey, click here. Like, it's almost like, um, what's the blogging or the where CMS Squarespace where you pay a monthly fee? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And you pick a theme and you, like, it's, and it's pretty limited with what you can do, but it's super slick. Like, the like the UI is beautiful and it's really easy to set up. Um, so yeah, I mean, what these guys have done, they've just picked a niche, like restaurants, and they said, "Hey, we're going to make it super easy for people to make a make a restaurant website, and they're and they're just using WordPress. Yeah, like they did, probably didn't build. I mean, they've customized it, but the entire back end, I imagine, is just WordPress multi-site. To be honest, they're probably using like they're probably using like one of the membership plugins. They're probably using Gravity Forms. Like, yeah, most of it's probably plugins. Yeah, exactly. I've actually I've seen the same thing with like real estate sites. Oh, for like sure. Yeah, sign up for sure. sign up services for real estate, and actually." Uh, like I run Photo Journal, which is a custom-rolled blogging yeah. network for photographers. But um, and I'm not just drawing a blank because I don't want to mention a competitor's name, but I actually can't remember their name. But there is a company <laughs> out there that that basically does the same thing. It's just you sign up and you get a you get a WordPress blog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, but and it's this all is... run run as a SaaS app with subscriptions and recurring revenue, and like it's customized with so there's all their custom gallery management and things like yeah. that. So you can really bend it to do something custom. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I I think at a basic level, like like whenever I build websites on the side, like for friends or whatever, I've been using like now I'm using multi site where I just set up each of those clients under a WordPress multi-site 
And um, I, I always, I hated the fact that I always had to like, you know, like I'd get emails like at midnight and I'd have to, you know, service these things. So I just have them all on recurring revenue. So there's just this handful of people I've built websites for where I said, you know, I'm, I'll build you a website but I want you to pay something every month for hosting and to pay for my time when I answer e- emails. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just doing that all through multi-site. And I don't have it automatic yet, but it wouldn't be that much work to create a hook into Recurly, you know, from the site creation point. I could almost have it working automatically. Yeah, where they sign up, like you would have like a membership plugin where they pay you and then they click a few buttons and put some add some text and they've got a website, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there are Matt Mullenweg in his last kind of WordPress address or a blog post a while back had said, you know, we're first WordPress was a blogging engine. Then it became a CMS. And he says, you know, the next kind of step is it's going to become really what we're talking about, like an application platform. And uh, I found that was really interesting because I've been thinking about that for a long time, but you're right, Dalen, like there there isn't actually a lot of people doing it, or maybe they're just not talking about it, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, And it would be great to actually hear anyone that's listening, even some pushback. Like if you, (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be opinions on this. You know, if you have a good reason why you might not want to use WordPress, to build a product. But I think there's a lot of, there's a definitely a good case for building MVP. And I think, you know, um, I think there's also a case for maybe thinking about building actual products that solve not just content problems, but business problems, et cetera, uh, yeah. using WordPress. Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of too, how you were just talking about, um, this potentially being a polarizing issue with listeners and getting their feedback. I was thinking it would be cool too if anyone out there knows of any kind of significantly large product businesses that are run entirely off of WordPress. Like maybe if you know of a SaaS app that's powered entirely by WordPress, like we'd we'd love to hear from you and tell us about um, the cool sites out there based on WordPress. And we can maybe talk about them in the next show, do a little feedback or follow-up session. Yeah. You know what? I think we're going to have, we should book another show with Dalen, like, I don't know, sometime in the future, but to talk about this again and like kind of touch base and say, you know, what, what is happening? What yeah. has happened? What did we learn? Because I, I think for people that are interested in building products, this idea is really interesting. It, it's like beyond clickable mockups. It's beyond you know, building prototypes in HTML. It's actually like building an MVP with basic functionality. I think there's something really interesting here. For sure. I think like in a year from now, this it'll be interesting to see how much things have progressed in this way just because, you know, Lean is picking up so much steam and WordPress is getting better at such a like accelerating pace that it'll be really cool to see. Yeah, in six months... 12 months, what people are able to do and what kinds of businesses are evolving from maybe what started off as a WordPress experiment. This was, uh, it's one of the things I loved about WordCamp a few weeks back, which I, and I I totally recommend that anyone who's into, even if you have no idea what WordPress is, if you're into like 
products, you're into services, or you manage a website or whatever. Like, it's so valuable to be around people who, because, um, like Kyle said, most of the talks at WordPress weren't really like WordPress specific. It was more about, hey, here's how you do, here's how you manage this or that about a website, right? And um, I totally think it's so valuable to be around that. And even like in my workshop that I gave. Um, just seeing people be like, you could just see in their faces, they were like, holy cow, like, I could, do, I could do some insane stuff with this. Like, people who aren't developers or who maybe touch HTML or do some CSS, right, but they're not PHP developers, all of a sudden, you, they came out to me after and they are like, wow, so, like, if I, say, if I tried this or with this membership plugin or this because I do this, and I'd be like, yeah, that would be really simple to do. And they were just, like, and they just ran off. And you could tell that night they probably went home and skipped the after party and started building something. Yeah, they were started just hacking. Totally stoked about it. Yeah, because they're like, wow. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like I see this potential and I can just I can make something. It sort of empowers people. I think. Yeah, I think that's where like the difference between maybe the pragmatists and sort of the I guess maybe hardcore developers are different. Like. Right people see WordPress as just this empowering tool that lets them build the awesome thing that they're picturing. Whereas, you know, a developer maybe like just personally is more interested in cutting the code to do something. You know, they're more interested oh, in, the, sure. in the art of building versus yeah. solving yeah. a problem for customers. And that's where I think WordPress is really interesting because you've got, like you were saying earlier, people who maybe have their expertise isn't in web or programming. Their expertise yeah. is in some, specific niche or industry and yeah. to them WordPress is just a way to solve the types of problems that they're experiencing. Right. They're not I just building lot, it for fun. I think a lot of that too is just people, I mean, and you know how it is, you spend years and years and years learning the craft of web development and it's not um, it's not something everyone can do, right? And you, So you, you feel this like sense that this is like this is something that not everyone should be able to do, right? Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I think, like, I, I get super excited when I see people, like, stoked about building an idea or just coming up with something. And, and I think um, looking at yourself as someone, like, who can fac help facilitate that and be like, hey, I've got a lot of experience doing this, so may here, maybe try this or, like, that maybe you could you could go at it from this direction, right? Rather than, like, thinking, no, you need to, like, as a purist, like, oh, you know, you need to write this using Django or whatever yeah. because otherwise it's just kitty stuff, right? I think that's just silly. I think it's all it's more about the product and it's more about or the end result and what the user interacts with rather than... Because honestly, does a is a user ever going to know the difference between whether, exactly, whether something no. was written in Rails or Django or WordPress? No one knows. No one cares. Yeah. I it's think just, probably... Work, the, right? Yeah, the biggest hump, I think, for a lot of people like maybe like me, I guess I'm kind of getting over it, is just that whole like cognitive dissonance you feel when you know, you've spent you know, upwards of like maybe 10 years learning to program and build things from scratch the right way. Yeah. And then to kind of admit that you could do the same thing with WordPress in a couple hours, it just feels <laughs> like it should be wrong. You yeah. know, it's totally. your brain, your lizard brain is telling you that no, this can't be, this just can't oh, be. No. 
And I've been so, in I've been in rooms with clients or people where, and this happens every time where, like usually when I develop a site for someone with WordPress, I'll 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 sit down with them and do like a training session where it's like I'll show them how to use WordPress or whatever. And every time where, especially with something like Gravity Forms, where I sit down and I'll be like, okay, so this is how you build a form, and I show them how to like dra- they just drag a field out, and give it a name, <laughs> and it, and then they're like, they're, like the look on their face is just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Like I can build yeah. a like I could build like a whole, I could build a survey or whatever it's like or I could we could have people register and it's like and then you show them oh yeah and you can tie it into PayPal and you can do this and they their drawers are on the floor and they're just like wow yeah. it's like all of a sudden the veil has been lifted and they can like <laughs> see behind the curtain right it's like that's usually when you that's usually when you hear them say we paid a developer fifteen thousand dollars to build this oh, same I've functionality so two times, or three so years ago <laughs> oh for sure. And I mean, I'm a developer, and I've been on those projects, and there are certain things that you need custom development for, right? It's like, I mean, WordPress doesn't do everything, but for, especially for companies that are, like, small and trying to be lean and, like, getting started, I mean, it's it's for sure the way to go, and I have no problems telling people that. It's like, no, you should use WordPress, and it's going to cut the cost of the project, like, by a huge margin, and then you can focus on what's important, which is your product and making it awesome and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I love every single thing that's coming out of your mouth right now. I'm like, <laughs> especially as a non-developer, like yeah. this, wow, this let's is... Keep, let's, let's keep this PG. This is like, this is uh, like, because I do feel empowered by this kind of talk. The idea that instead of, you know, wrangling code, we could actually focus on a problem and figure out the best way to solve that problem and um, I, I just yeah. love that idea of, of actually getting stuff done and getting something out the door and getting customers using it and then getting their feedback. And then you can decide, you know, how sophisticated does this machine need to be? But this is totally. this whole conversation has been so, so amazing. Because that's why computers were invented, right? They were invented to solve problems in the real world. They weren't invented because people wanted to program something. Yeah, well, oh man, I I keep wanting to shut this conversation down because we gotta we gotta go pretty soon. But you know, there's if you think about what got us into computers, and we've all mentioned it already. So you know, your first the first thing you did something in was Macromedia Director or you know uh, that flashcard system or whatever it was. There was always something accessible that got you in to computers or products or the web or whatever, and. Yeah. The, the idea that this is there and th- the whole world is going this way. So like a year ago, you might have la- laughed at me if I said, well, I'm going to set up my own payment system and, you know, and uh, but now I can use Stripe. And like even someone oh, yeah. like me that is, you know, definitely an amateur developer, I can I can register for a Stripe account and I can start collecting payments right away. That's like a yep. hundred thousand dollars of value right there you know it would have cost so much money to build that before yeah. and now it's accessible yeah. and the whole world's going this way like the you know the there's all plugins and all these kind of pieces that people can pull together and yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty exciting I think, I think too as a as a developer the way i look at it is I think where the value, like for someone like myself, where the value comes like to 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 say an organization that's looking to do something like this, the value that I provide is more in guidance. Like, hey, 
here's what you can do. Like here's an opening their eyes to stuff because people like technology is still scary to most people, right? Like the like we're all sort of into this stuff and it's like we're not scared by it and and there's a lot of people that aren't, but most people if you say to them, even if you sit down with WordPress and it's like you show them how to do this and that, I mean they're they're lost and they need help with it. That's right? right. So if you can sort of like take that huge scary thing in the room called technology or the internet or whatever and make it so it's like, no, this is easy. Like it's and here's what we can do. And and rather than saying no, like no, we can't do that. No, that's gonna cost fifty thousand dollars, it's like, yes, we can do that. And it's easy. Yeah. I mean that people just love that and they just I mean that's that's where you create value as someone who, as, at least from my perspective, where it's like you're providing a service to people. It's like the people love it when you can take their idea and make it happen, and it's not painful and like awful. Like it's, I mean, I I work with so many people who are just like so dis disenchanted by web developers, and they're just like, oh, we just deal. We hate dealing with this guy. He, he says no to everything, and he can't whatever. And it's, where if you, whereas if you can just take take a second to explain stuff to people and make it make sense and be like hey here's how here's what you could do if you thought of this or this would be super simple right and they just they love it yeah oh man we could keep talking all night but we should <laughs> we should probably uh w- wind it down and um hey dalen where can people find out more about you on do you have a website twitter linkedin yeah friend yeah, feed? I'm, on tw- I'm on twitter my username is just dalen that's d-a-e-l-a-n and uh my website's northrepublic.com or uh, Dalen.com. I'm old enough to be actually wow. one of the few people that own my first name.com, which is That's awesome. so awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm old too, but I didn't have any money to register domain names back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm lucky, I'm lucky in that my name is unique enough where there's only like 20 right. people in the world named Dalen, and I'm, I'm the guy that got to the internet first, so... Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I can't even get KyleFox.com. It's just like a like a placeholder page right now and it's been like that for years and I emailed them once and they're like we've had offers as high as $50,000 so if oh wow if you want this domain it needs to be even higher basically so <laughs> it doesn't look like I'll ever own kylefox.com so I'm I'm extremely jealous of your domain well believe it or not we were able to get productpeople.tv which is where people can find our podcast and uh, we're Product People TV on Twitter, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the show. And even more, we'd love for you to fill out the survey that we're, we're going to have on the uh, sidebar of the website, productpeople.tv. We just want to hear who you are, what do you do, what kind of products do you want to build, that kind of stuff. And that gives us really good background into you know who we want to talk to and what kind of shows we want to have. And um, we actually have, I don't know if we can announce it right now. Uh, just maybe let's allude to the fact yeah, that we've got Yeah, let's some allude sweet to guests. it because the recording might not work and then we'd hate it. But yeah. we, we have some really great guests coming up. And um, we're so glad, Dalen, that you could kick us off and be our first guest. You're a really amazing guest. And uh, yeah, if uh, anyone out there has feedback on this show or future shows they'd like to hear, that's the place to go, productpeople.tv.
Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.